This program is brought to you by Bibleway Media, a work of the Ulaga Church of Christ. Hello again. I do want to welcome you back to Bible Studies with Russ. We've taken a few weeks off here. Uh, there's no such thing as a slow time of year, so we're going to resume a study that we picked up, or we began rather a few weeks ago, looking at our denominations scriptural. Uh, when we were together last time, we looked at a a logical approach of can so many churches that are organized differently teach and worship differently really be pleasing in the sight of God? Uh, we looked at that question. We also looked at can so much confusion be pleasing in the sight of God? Looking at 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 13. Uh, we also looked more closely at a few verses looking at 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 15 and Philippians 2 and verse 2 looking at the charge to speak the same thing, that no divisions be among you, that you be perfectly joined together, the same mind and the same judgment. We looked at 1 Corinthians 1, 11 through 15, where people were already calling themselves after the names of men and how they were being condemned for it. And we also looked at Philippians 2 and verse 2, again reminding us to be like-minded, to have the same love, to have to be of one accord, and of, to be of one accord in one mind. Today we're going to finish our study. Uh, this will be a little bit shorter than probably usual, but Looking at uh, the application that this leads us to, that is, multiple churches was never in the mind of God. If you look at Matthew chapter 16, in Matthew chapter 16, and we're going to begin here in just a moment looking looking at um, verse 15. Matthew 16, let's back up to verse 15. Here the Bible says, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to, you, say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Now one of the things we want to notice here first off as we look at verse 18 of Matthew 16 is that this reference of Christ here when he says, On this rock I will build my church. What is this rock? Well, that rock is not Peter. Uh, it is not one individual. The rock was on the confession which Peter made. And that confession is that Christ is the Son of God. Christ is that rock. The confession of Peter is that rock. And so he says here in verse 18, that you are Peter and on this rock, that is your confession, that statement of truth that you have made, he says, I will build my church. Not multiple churches, but one church. You think about this for a moment. You ever wonder why so many people ask the question, why are there so many churches? You know, I've had that question asked to me before. I'm sure I'm not the only one. There have been Bible tracts, numerous Bible tracts written about that topic. There have been numerous Bible videos done, numerous sermons and studies, much like this one that we're having right now, about this very topic of why there's so many churches. You know, are denominations scriptural? Because the reason there are so many quote unquote churches is because of denominations. The Lord, as we find here in verse 18, only built one church. Only one church bears his name. There are some churches out there today, to put it in quotes, that bear a scriptural name, but their organization, their doctrine, the the way in which they worship, all those types of things are not in agreement with God's word. Therefore, they cannot be the church of God. The name is scriptural, but their their conduct, their their, their organization, their uh, teaching is, does not allow the word of God. Therefore, they're not truly the church of God, even though that is a scriptural name. 
The Church of Christ, there are even those out there who call themselves the Church of Christ, who, while they should belong to Christ, they should be following the doctrines of Christ, following the teaching of Christ, they do not. They're, so therefore, they're not a true church that belongs to Christ. So they too sometimes can be just like a denomination. But so in order to be truly the church of Christ, you have to follow the word of God. You have to follow God's commandments. You have to follow the pattern we find within the New Testament for worship, for salvation, for how the church is organized, and on and on it goes. Because when you do that, then you are the church that belongs to Christ. But only then are you that church that belongs to Christ. And so as we continue to look here, we want to remember that in Matthew 16, verse 18, Christ only built one church. So since Christ only built one church, that leads us to the question of why are there so many other churches? If you line up all the different denominations next to one another and ask, is this what God wanted? Is this what God really desires for us today? You know, even if you put two Methodist congregations side by side, or two Baptist congregations side by side, or two Assemblies of God side by side, you know, th those two side by side probably would, would do some things still differently than the other. We have to realize that the only way that we can, that we can worship God accurately, that we can be a part of the church which Christ established, which we find here in Matthew 16, verse 18, is that we follow the, the teachings of the Bible because the Bible leads us to the church which Christ would, Christ has built, which he says in Matthew, 8, Matthew 16, well, it's present tense then, or future tense then, it's present now. He did build his church. The gates of Hades will not have not prevailed against it, neither will they. And so when we follow God's word, follow that pattern we find in, in the New Testament for worship, for salvation, for organization, and on and on, we are then part of, of the body of Christ, the church which Christ built. We are to be united. And if we are to please God, we have to be united. If you look at John chapter 17, looking at John chapter 17, looking here at verses 20 through 23, here the Bible says, I do not pray for these alone, meaning just for those who are present. He says, but, or also could be a reference to, uh, that could include the apostles as well. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So not just the apostles or not just the disciples who are also sitting there because disciple is just a learner, but those who would come to believe in him, to believe in Christ as a result of those individuals. He says, I pray, do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one. Not that they create their own group, that they create their own their own church, but they can create a congregation that follows after the New Testament pattern, the, the doctrine of Christ, thereby when they do that, when they follow the doctrine of Christ, they become the church of Christ. The church belongs to Christ. That's all that means. The church belongs to Christ. Uh, you know, there are man-made groups out there today that actually have their names in that denomination. What's interesting if you go back and look at denominations, you go back and look at some of those who, some of those denominations that are named after men. To my knowledge, all those men before a congregation was named after them or denominations named after them, they actually have been have gone on record to say they did not want that. You know, I think it was I think it's, I think his first name was John uh, Wesley did not want a group named after him. But what happened? Well, they call them their group out there now. They call themselves you know the Wesley, uh, I think it's Methodist uh, Church. Um, 
and and there's other examples of that as well. They didn't want churches or or denominations named after them, sects named after them. They wanted them to be simply Christian. Interesting enough, that's what Christ wants. He wants them to be Christians, those who are followers of him, followers of Christ. And so as we, as we go back here to John chapter 17, looking at verse 21, he says that they may all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us. One, that is, united, doing what? Teaching and preaching the same thing, following the same doctrine, following the same teaching, following that same pattern. That you also may be one in us, verse 21. That why now notice this, that the world may believe that you sent me. Isn't it interesting that when they are one, when they're united, the world has a better chance of believing that Christ is from God? Because why? We're not following after different doctrines then. We're following after him. Therefore, what? It leads people to the same place, back to God. So one of the reasons denominations are unscriptural is because they don't point people to God. Instead, they point people to confusion. Look at verse 22. He says, And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them, verse 23, and you in me that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. That's the second time we find there that the phrase, that the world may know that you sent me. We find it here in verse 23. We find it there in verse 20, in the verse 21. See, when we are part of the one body of Christ, when you are united, preaching and teaching the same thing, following that same pattern, people will be pointed to God pointed to Christ following that same teaching. Why are there so many denominations out there? Because men want to do things their own way so many times. But that's not God's desire. In fact, John 17 is a major prayer for unity. Not for unity of denominations, but for unity of brethren, for unity of members. So they can all be teaching and preaching the same thing. And when you do that, denominationalism will then just disappear. When you do that which is pleasing to God and follow that one pattern we find within the Bible. Christ prayed we be united and not denominated or divided, thus resulting in denominations. So are denominations scriptural? No, they are not. Christ reveals that in John 17. Peter and Christ together reveal that in Matthew 16 that there's, their denominations are not to exist. Peter makes a confession. Christ says, that confession is the rock. I am the Son of God. Today, the world sees so much division in the religious world, to use that phrase. But friends, it shouldn't be that way. We should not be like everyone else. We must show what God really wants and be an example as Christ's church. Not being denominational, but truly, unlike some who claim to be so today, you know, sometimes you hear people say they're undenominational. What they mean is they're actually interdenominational, which means they're actually accepting of all denominational beliefs. That's not non-denominational. That's just a plethora of denominational beliefs. No, Christ is the standard of true undenominational teaching. The undenominational church began with Christ because he is not denominational. Instead, he strove for people to be those who taught, who believed, and followed the same thing, to be of the same mind, Philippians 2 and verse 2. In John 17, we find the same exact thing. And when we do that, as Christ points out, people then will be more 
likely to see is that he is indeed the Son of God, that God did send him. Being undenominational results in showing people that Christ is the Son of God. Thank you for being here with me today. Hope to see you again next time as we continue looking at our studies together. We hope you enjoyed this program. We encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Pandora, Spotify, or Podbean. Thanks for listening.